0: Welcome to Half Day Fridays, where we wrap up our week early to keep things in perspective and consciously chase down what we love. Along the way, we'll be chatting to loads of different people that have different backgrounds, different passions, and heaps of different insights. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Hello, Bianca Gregg. Hello, thank you for having me. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Ash and I'm with Global Sales Director Bianca Gregg of Del Rainbow and she is with us to give us a bit of an insight into fashion behind the scenes yes. and what it means to have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the podcast,
1: Bianca. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. You just got back from Sydney Fashion Week. I did. What was a highlight of your time? Okay, so I mean highlight, I feel like I have to say it was definitely my infrared sauna that Aww. I got of an evening which we were so lucky to get um the space that we um hire they have like this wellness kind of center downstairs and they offered us a complimentary session so g and i were straight in there georgia um one of the workers at Darenbo, so we were so thrilled to have that so i feel like on a personal level that was a hundred percent my highlight and then on a more business level one of the best things that happened during that week was actually Something that was really a career highlight for me, actually, we, at the moment, we are launching this kind of exclusive line with net a and the head buyer for our category, Maria Williams, actually came in from London, met with the team and it was so cool to, you know, be able to introduce the team to her and sit down and talk all things and just seeing her kind of makes my life and just kind of watching them talk about the brand and what they're going to do together is so cool. Oh, it sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah. So that was definitely a highlight. It's just so cool to be able to connect people. So that was amazing for me and plus my team and I did 55 appointments in like three and a half days so it is nuts yeah so it was it was quite intense but it was on on earth earth do you
0: manager appointments
1: yeah this amazing system called Calendly which thank you to you I actually (laughs) I actually now have on board which has been a lifesaver um but yeah such a highlight Sydney's always really great and it's so good to be on home turf
0: You've got a fully fledged company now. Yes. I really want to know what was the transition from Soul Trader to PTY LTD like?
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a really interesting question because I know that, you know, so many people experience this in, in their life and that growth and that kind of leap from Soul Trader where it is just solely you before it's anything else. You're completely responsible for Yeah, everything. you're solely responsible. And for me, it was my name. So Soul Trader was... Bianca Greg, so you're responsible for everything. Your name is to everything. It's on everything. It's on People everything. Expecting you to be yeah. answering to. it Oh, yeah. absolutely. So you know, clients, um, customers, everyone—they all expect you a hundred percent of the time. So I think that that was um, naturally the biggest transition in being able to create Del Rainbow which wasn't me anymore you know and it was a huge leap for me personally because it became an entity and it became this beautiful I guess I like to call it like a a well in a way and it's now we're all just an extension of it and it was taking it away from me personally and I think that is the biggest step is it's not just you anymore it's something greater and bigger than you so so exciting I think as a human being it does definitely release in a way a bit of pressure from that I guess that experience with holding it to your name. What about the structure side of things? Yeah. So I think um, from that, basically, we um, had an incredible advisor who actually helped me. Um, you know, getting from get out, getting out of my last business, um, who is now a CEO, which is fantastic. That's so I handy. think um, super handy, and just kind of making that growth from building foundations. Because before, when you're sole trader, it's just kind of you. So you're doing everything and anything, and there isn't necessarily too much structure kind of going on yeah. there. So building in the foundational structure of what a business would look like. Versus you're on just payroll. You. HR, yeah. sales and yep. branding and roles as well and building out those roles and that structure and just having that guidance to going okay, well what is this now and where will this go as an entity and what will be what will we be able to grow from that. But I think that um yeah, having that kind of structure, being able to have someone in guiding and also for me that actually happened really really quickly. What do you mean? Like really fast. So it was I left my old business and then um, was sole trader for some time, really fell into that, like kind of took some clients with me and just naturally grew that. And then I had a bit of a choice when um, Dennis and our CEO kind of said to me, "Where do you want this to go? Like you can either stay where you are right now and it will remain, I guess kind of small it's capped capped just you then we had the choice to before july one actually before the start of the financial year oh man <laughs> because those structures and those business structures is what you have to put into place as an entity to then become a company um you know set up all of your tax bars payroll etc look at what that looks like so um it was actually it was about a week and a half <laughs> before july Between one sole trader to yeah yeah so we made some really quick decisions over some nice morning coffees. <laughs> And just kind of went there and um, obviously my partners in the business um, two And he was a part of that growth in kind of coming in from when it was just me, like working, doing invoicing, doing everything. Um, he came in, started managing all that aspect and then making that choice together. To he has go. a handy set of skills, He right? has a really, he's like a legitimate mathematician. <laughs> you can ask him any number question in the world and he can figure it out, like the square root of one million times five or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but, <laughs> you know, he can do it. So I think having that team in place and just really making that leap and going okay where do we want this to go what do we want it to look like it is bigger than you and it allows you to serve a greater purpose I think from that and to your clients as well that's amazing okay
0: so what does it mean to be a global sales director this one I do not
1: understand your title so on an emotional level to me being a global sales director is about creating brands intentions and being an extension of those and being able to speak their story to the world and really connect a customer um, from a buyer to the mass consumer and the overall customer, um, that brand message and their intention of what they are trying to create. So to me, on an emotional and spiritual level, <laughs> <laughs> which I operate on, um, that, that, that's what being a global sales director is, is being able to convey that message um, wholeheartedly to the consumer
0: so you could have a, like a really good relationship with your brands you then do. you are representing them and they're like entrusting this to yes. you yes yeah rather than being there and doing all things
1: yeah like they can focus on what they're really good at A hundred percent. And that's essentially what you want to be able to create. You want to be able to create a level of trust um, that they can tell you their story and that you're going to be able to relay that. Yeah, really relay it and and embody it within Mm. yourself, I think, and hold that passion to really drive that through to the world and you are that person who is that connecting of the dots and then on a physical level the job role it's actually quite a lot and i i do definitely want to explain like all like little bits of this so basically um you are setting up as a global sales director the sales strategies for all of your brands so figuring out your brand alignment where the brands will sit globally uh, what brands they will sit next to in a complementary mix? Where you want the brand to go? Um, you're actually doing the physical sales as well. So basically, that in, entails obviously all of the range. Pitching. it's actually like
0: the business side of yeah. selling.
1: Yeah, it's it's such a business side of selling for sure. And um, I, I like to call myself a storyteller, though I really like I to that. like embody that because I believe that we are like your responsibility as a director is to tell their story and make sure that that connection comes into play by doing that physical role. Um, And that means pitching, uh, it's like a 400 to 1 return ratio so you've got to be yeah like that's kind of you what to be like thick skinned resilient yeah and it's objection handling and being able to turn every negative into a positive and yeah. just recommunicating brand's message and also staying true to yourself and going okay what's right for the brand focusing Not selling short just because you want to make a sale yeah we never ever do that that way and that's something that I really um pride Del rainbow on is focusing on brand alignment and everything else really grows and kind of comes with that and then so obviously showings as well so we do all market showings so when that you works. say that what do you mean <laughs> okay uh that means so market week so every fashion week we'll be showing a new season collection So, that will entail myself and my team, um, and like me guiding the team to where, who will be booking in, what stores, what buyers we want to be seeing. Because at Fashion Week, the who's who's all there, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And so we we call it market. So, it's basically when they go to shop for the whole store and look at an overall view of the seasons, um, what the brands are doing, you know, what new brands they're interested in as well. So, that's um, something that we do. So, in those market weeks, we'll book out. You know, it can be anywhere between like, like Sydney, 55 appointments we did in like three and a half days to, you know, when we're in New York, we might do like a hundred plus in that five days, um, mostly because we can show quite late and in Paris too. So we'll do that global leg. So we'll set up that structure for the year of what that looks like. So showing from, because we do global sales and being a global sales director, that looks like, what does the Australian sphere look like? What does the US look like? What does Asia look like? What does Europe look like? And really positioning those brands, securing those appointments, making sure you can gain that brand interest, um, figuring out, you know, going for the top first and kind of flowing down. Um, And then, yeah, obviously doing those appointments. That's my favorite part of it. I love the business development part of it, but I really love um, the connecting, showing in market, times is really the best experience because you're connecting with the people and that's when you they get make some. big decisions yeah and it's really cool and and within those big decisions it's it is a lot of business development you're talking about the trade of the brand you know knowing who the brand is what they're doing seeing the brand so seeing it sit on a floor what you know brand mix it would complement what brands it would sit alongside uh what the age demographic is um feeling so texture touch fabrications what that looks like and feels like um and then also that um overall kind of uh margins is really important too I spend a lot of my time crunching numbers and figuring out margins checking them over with your partner because he is the real life calculator yeah and I feel like I don't even have a real (laughs) um formula to doing it I just know how to do it so it's just innate it's just innate exactly um but yeah figuring out the margins and going okay like what kind of profit margin do like do our customers need to achieve in regions? What does that duty look like in their region? How do we counteract that? How do we make sure that they're... And that's that global element that you're yeah, talking about. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And per region too and making sure that um we can land the product at a certain, you know, price range for them and um yeah and just making sure that their profit margin is strong (laughs) that's really important um but yeah and then obviously just one more side of it which I think a lot of people don't necessarily um kind of get insight into um but we do all the marketing plans and range planning behind the brands too which is fantastic um, because we're able to really go in, give the brands, designers, teams that firsthand knowledge mm. of like what's happening, what, you know, what they need to be growing within their range, like that three-tiered pi- price point strategy that I feel like my designers always just hear from me nonstop. Um, <laughs> growing categories, you know, figuring out where they sit, um, you know, things that should be cut, things that need to be added in, gaps so within you're the collection. So you're kind of
0: doing elements of their job mm-hmm. as well as providing insight because you're doing global sales. You know what's happening in the world. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And it's such an integral role for these brands because they are obviously naturally within their own kind of bubble, mm. you know, creating and they're seeing their customer, but the global customer naturally you have to follow what the customer is right. What the customer yeah. wants, you know, they're gonna tell Classic. you the yeah. customer
0: is always right.
1: The customer is always right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that is definitely, um, such a big part. I thrive off that. I love getting involved in their businesses and kind of, you know, when you watch the results happen the mm. season after and go, oh, you know, we know that we did, we do that really well together, that team effort that you just create like teamwork is a dream work you can just you have to have all heads and brains kind of functioning together once. yeah so I think that that's really strong but essentially that's what a global sales director does <laughs> in a nutshell
0: <laughs> fashion is an industry of the who's who and what's new yeah when you actually pull back the cover of the well dress polished up and beautifully scented, what can you
1: find There's two ends of the spectrum with this, I feel. I think fashion has such like quite an intense rap, but there's definitely those kind of humans there. There's the chaotic, maybe not so kind people that have done it for like a really long time. And it's quite old school, old school kind of like mentality and way Mm. of thinking. Um, And then there's the best humans in the whole wide world and I've been so lucky that from my career I decided that I only want to work with the best and most beautiful humans and no matter where what company they worked with or what that looked like I only wanted to attract those kind of people into Del Rainbow and for the brands too because I know that they're going to harbor like a really beautiful extension but you you do definitely get um, all ends of the spectrum in terms of people Um, but I have to say that the top 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 companies always have the most kindest humans and I yeah and I think that um as you get higher they are kinder um but I tell you what I have experienced it all in my time but I do something now where I actually put a sign on our showroom door yeah that says please take responsibility for the energy that you bring into this space wow so I just kind of want to like leave it at the door, leave it at the door, take a jacket off, you know, like whatever's happened to you in your day or whatever kind of like, you know, natural ego that we have or, you know, whatever that looks like. I just want to meet the raw, authentic human when they step in that door. So I've been pretty lucky actually that that has been the case. But um, if not, I love breaking people down oh, so <laughs> and good. getting to that authenticness and the vulnerability and the kindness within them. And I think that. I do definitely love to be kind. So I feel like <laughs> it's, um, it's so innate in me. So I think that, um, yeah, we, we've been really lucky that that's who we work with. So talking about culture, what does yeah. that mean for Del Rainbow? How do you bring that to your team? Um, so I think with Del Rainbow, the first thing that we embrace is being authentically who you are. Um, I want, everyone within Del Rainbow to really embrace their you follow their internal guidance system and work from that gut instinct and really yeah no one is you and that's your power and we really really embrace that and we're really I know I think like quite a calm relaxed company <laughs> in terms of the way things go but I just want everyone to be them and feel very open vulnerable and comfortable and know that we're all level to me everyone's on the same level and I treat everyone like that period as a human. Mm. And I think all the team do that too, but I love them bringing their eunice to every single thing that we do. And I, and I really embrace that and I encourage that a lot. And like we do like Monday morning meditations and like, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah, it's just about bringing that balance to, um, but I, I really encourage the girls to lead with kindness, um, and one of the, um, one point on like the doll rainbow, Dole rainbow ethos on our wall is like, be kinder, be the kindest, be even kinder. Oh, and it's just about amazing. like, you know, always embracing, you know, being you and, um, yes. vulnerability.
0: And do you think in your industry that people recognize that in sales?
1: Yes, definitely. Um, I really try and do everything in that way, um, and I think that I think that people do definitely respond to it because they feel safe mm. and they know that I think that when you are kind and and not even just like kind, you know, but when you 're just you, I think people really respond to that, and they definitely feel that connection, so they feel safe, they feel that they can trust you and know that you 're going to do anything to make sure that it happens for them mm. and you I think, I think what's lacking in this whole industry like as an overall is that care. So I think that when – and we're all human beings at the end mm. of the day, right? So we all want to be loved and cared for and that's what we heard. respond to. Mm. Yeah, and heard exactly. And I think that that's, I think that that's definitely what – if we can embrace love, tenderness and care and vulnerability, um, I think that people respond to that because they, they feel safe.
0: I've just noticed that there's this common theme – Like, and it's kindness. What is it? Kindness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because as a human race, we're trying to get back to our roots of like who we really are, which is so cool. And it should be throughout everything. I'm like listening to Brené Brown right now. I love her. I'm obsessed. I just feel like she's my best friend. She's so cool. She has this ability to speak to you. I'm reading her book at the moment, Dare to Lead. Yeah. Okay, so I also bought that, but I'm right now listening to Daring Greatly. And it's so amazing because she literally talks about vulnerability in huge companies and that these like top, you know, leaders or CEOs or whatever, when they are actually able to be vulnerable within their business, they get a better response. from their employees who then show naturally so much more care connection they feel empowered and they mm. feel like they have like a reason to be there and that you know they are giving into it and, and it's a part of them too but mm. I think it's so cool Can you give us your top three
0: tips when starting that you think from your experience is essential for business growth
1: um, I think that for like business growth you know as an overall, I would have to say foundations, structure, voice and intention and just kind of leading with those elements is going, okay, cool. Like you have to have your business foundations in place. Um, When you're starting a business, always be planning to be honest. And I know it sounds quite far-fetched, but really plan two to five years in advance, create your business voice, what that intention behind what you're doing is create the meaning Once you create your meaning, everything else flows from that space. But you have to have an unbreakable intention about what you're doing, who you're going to be speaking to, what that means to you, and then flow with passion, like absolutely flow with passion. Passion is everything and you have to have that passion to drive (laughs) through everything. Um, But it, it it is what gives you that unique sensibility and your unique voice. So yeah. Definitely those are my top tips for, like, businesses. Um, Structure is, like, very important. What kind Um, of structures have you put in place? So being able to have guidance, for sure. Um, Role structure, figuring out uh, where the kind of growth within the business will go to. So once it's not just you anymore, what does your you, like, aspect to that business – what categories can you structure your role to and like Mm. where can those roles see growth and where do you want them to see growth? Um, Figuring out uh, cash flow plans, really important. Um, And and really like go there when you're thinking about a business, like think about your cash flow, what you're going to need, your growth strategy and plan, uh, where you want to see that grow and what that cash flow needs to look like, budgeting. um, You know, even from that aspect of, just like a general business perspective, learn, go mm. and study a business. Like I didn't, but I was so blessed to have amazing guidance from people who are so experienced. Get a mentor a hundred percent, get a mentor and keep learning and keep listening. How would you recommend that people find a mentor that suits them? Um, or
0: suits the alternative voice that they actually need to hear.
1: Yeah, I um, look for someone in your industry that you can gain a personal connection with that you look up to. Reach out to them and um, connect. Definitely, like ask them if they want if they they, you, they could be your mentor or go for a coffee or whatever that looks like. Um, I was really lucky. I fell into meeting my mentor, who's now my CEO, through like friends, um, but. Yeah, definitely reach out, ask people. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, And when the job is done, there's always more to be done. You never, ever, ever stop learning. So really go into every aspect of you know, business from the start to, you know, ever growing with that open mind attitude that you never know everything. No Mm. one ever knows everything. So always be open to taking other people's advice, feedback and then like create it and make it your own for sure. And because, you know, you've got to follow your gut and and what feels right to you, but be a sponge, absorb everything and anything and then twist it and make it your own. That's amazing. Um, But I think like in terms of like, um an actual brand, Mm -hmm. I do want to talk about this because I think it's really important because in now day and age, we have social media, obviously (laughs) (laughs) it's ever growing. Um, I have come from a career path where I started in this prior to social media, prior to online stores so magazine times magazine times (laughs) as (laughs) if it was like that long ago it wasn't
0: it actually wasn't
1: I know um so 10 years ago we didn't have online stores we didn't have all this stuff there wasn't um a platform for brands so it was really it used to be like the designers who went to design school you know yeah like very traditional very traditional and um now because we do have social media um you know which is amazing and I and I really implore people who um have that desire to create because (laughs) they work it and we've got to keep creating as a society it's so important and it pushes other people to Mm. create better and greater things and also grow as a global community but I think that with brands everyone does kind of with social media everything seems possible Mm. and people go okay, cool. I can do it. Yeah. 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 I can do it. I'm going to start a brand. Um, I'm just going to like go over to Bali, get some stuff designed and then put it up on socials. And I will sell. And (laughs) I will sell. And exactly. And, and a lot of these brands do contact us on a daily basis. And the first thing, like if you're someone like me who does what, what I do, for example, or a sales agency or a marketing agency, you can see it through brands instantly that they haven't thought about who they are what their unique voices they haven't planned their price point structure they don't have the ability to grow if you look at their price points you go okay cool you only did a margin to allow yourself to sell direct to consumer mm. but you didn't think about the fact that this product is really great and we probably thought about that because you did it but you know <laughs> but you, but you didn't like think oh okay cool well in order to do this properly from the start i've got to have you know a time three margin from my cost to wholesale then further from that be able to wholesale in australia by 2.2 to achieve my retail so therefore if i want to still be in my price point bracket what does that mean where do i sit what do i need to do with production um you know and and really pricing themselves in their particular category but also with the ability for growth if a mm. store does want to wholesale jump on board like yeah and i see that a lot in um young designers and young brands that haven't had that advice or just kind of like leap into it mm. and which is amazing and I so 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 encourage that but just taking that time to go all right cool I want to do a brand what does that mean what's my unique voice where do I see my brand going what will my social feed look like do I have the ability to wholesale this or mm. will I be direct to consumer only? or even
0: just the ability to continue to invest into a yeah. brand that's something that I see a lot like mm. people have um through social media they have like an initial sense of momentum yeah but then stop
1: investing yeah yeah actually that is such a good point um in your first two to three years of your business put everything back in everything don't take it home do not take it home literally reinvest every inch of profit to grow and grow and grow because in that first three years it's really how you project yourself in a marketplace and it's also how you show the outside world the ability that the brand has to grow and that you do have a business structure Mm -hmm. Um, have your foundations have line sheets in place do costing formulas have terms and conditions the amount of brands that do not protect themselves legally with terms and conditions I see some brands that have been trading for like Years and years that don't have T's and C's in place to bind themselves with when a retailer is placing an order or you know confirming this or things like that um set you to like resting on the laurels of relationship, yeah, which unfortunately you've got to protect yourself um it's such a big part of it, and kind of go to a lawyer or if you can like go online you know search (laughs) that figure out what that means for your business figure out what you need to have you covered learn that if you're shipping from Australia it's x works and you're not going to be able to land in the country you know you've got to really have such a strong idea of what that the landscape is for whatever you're doing yeah and and obviously like naturally as you grow you can get guidance um platforms in place and agents and you know all those people but um In order to be able to get to that agency level, you have to have built a driven customer yourself in order to see like a 50-50. Like right now, like within the retail sphere, because of social media and because brands have the ability to sell direct, um, you've got to be able to show that retailer that you're going to bring 50% to the party and that you're going to be able to drive that customer to your retailers. Um, and that's such a big point that I make with all of our brands is I'm like, yeah, they've placed an order on you, but I, we it's don't not care. guaranteed. Yeah, and also like, I don't even care about the indent orders. I care about the sell-through. So let's focus on once it drops into store and what that means and maintaining relationships. So the job never kind of stops. It's it's really important. But um, but yeah, but I think an imagery is like really, really key. Create incredible imagery, invest in doing that. Don't do it half-hearted the start of your brand build out a range plan do a three-tiered price point strategy i mean i don't want to consult everyone but like <laughs> i mean do it your own way but no, but amazing. but build that and, and figure out what that has and have an entry have a mid have a premium give yourself space to grow because you don't know where your customer is going to tell you they might be like actually i'm only going to buy your product in this price point and you're like okay cool so now i can tailor my whole range to that but mm-hmm. have the ability to grow and listen and develop
0: I had a look at some of your brands and you have some of the most luxurious brands that I've ever seen. So how did you get the traction with those luxurious brands? How did that happen?
1: So I think that um, it's definitely working with the brands behind the scenes for sure. Making sure that their social strategy is strong. They're providing consumer support. um, They're building that driven customer themselves internally because it's such a big part of it you know you can be in a showroom and know be pitching to a buyer and they come and view the brand and they might take it on but if that brand doesn't have that backing and team support behind them to be able to ensure that they can drive a customer bring new customers to that store um, and also have the marketing strategies to execute that correctly um, it it will most likely flop you know so it's so important and I have a pretty strict policy Uh, we like to achieve a really strong sell-through in a certain period of time Um, and that's something that we otherwise you're like you're gone see ya well it's just in terms of like what we classify as and, and also from the department stores or whoever, what they want to see internally. And we're driving our brands to look at that and not just like, oh, great, you've had some sales. That's fab. I'm like every single week, what's your sell through tracker? We get our weekly sales reports. What units are you trading? What does that look like? Okay, you're at this percent in a certain period of time. I want you to get 66% sell through in 10 weeks. Um, that's usually when you can see a positive trade and kind of making sure that they're on top of that consistently. Um, but I have to say it really is working with the brands internally because if they're not driven to make that happen and are passionate about it and supportive, then, you know, with some of these stores nowadays, you can get quite lost because there are a lot of brands. So, mm. um, you There's know. so many brands. So it's super important to me to be working constantly and conscientiously with mm-hmm. those brands to make sure that they have awareness across what's happening um they're aware of the global landscape and what they have to do in order to Mm. you know range plan style changes um drive unique content whatever that looks like that we can see a spike in trade Mm. um but i think that that's been the biggest growth in that is that there's a lot more pressure to see the sell through because otherwise if you don't you don't get picked up again so you your old news even if
0: you're creating luxury
1: yeah or even if they come in and they're like this range is amazing but unfortunately internally the i like the trade wasn't there and therefore our systems and our dmm and you know all that kind of, all, all those guys we talk in fashion yeah. <laughs> I'm like all, all those guys um that you know they, they don't have the ability to pick it up again even if they love it so that trade is so important um but that's been a huge growth process because where when i first started i would you know, be trying to be across everything. And, you know, I might not have pushed the brands as much um, to achieve those numbers or whatever that looked like. So your focus really has – it's
0: not just like working with amazing luxury brands. It's like working with
1: them to develop who they are as a business. Yeah, definitely. And and continuing to build that customer um, – and that drive and that consumer connection. I want them to focus on creating the feeling behind the product. So, you know, that might be ideas that we have together to, you know, create video content so that people can see behind the scenes. They can get that connection. I so always... Like content, I feel like I, this is like
0: so my take at the moment because I'm like... The worst thing that I see is when people stop investing into their brand. I'm yeah. like, you will succeed if you keep investing. If you into keep your going, I just know. Just like keep going. Your product is amazing. Your yeah. story is incredible. Your voice, yeah. your intention, all of that. But people get
1: quit. Like they get pretty tired. They get tired and like naturally. So like you know, it's it's not for everyone. That's for sure. You actually have to be always ready to grow. And always open to feedback, and I think that when when people in those positions, like within brands, stop listening, you see it instantly. You see the, I guess the block mm. in them, or you know they, you know designers are emotional beings like everyone, and you can see their Maybe emotions. Maybe a little more than you must. <laughs> Maybe a little more. <laughs> we have to tread lightly all the time. <laughs> but you know, but it's my role to support them on a human level. An emotional level plus on a business level and I guess that's what I make sure is my point of difference that because I love them like mm. family yeah I really do I really love them all <laughs> so much and then they know that they know that I would do anything and everything for them and at any time of day whatever that whatever that means just to be there um and to also resonate that I I get it and that they're always going to be supported no matter what are there any eye roll moments that you just feel like you have every single day with brands um definitely <laughs> <laughs> I think with that is that um it's hard because naturally like even like with me with our rainbow I'm, it's my baby so i'm I'm close to it you know um and it's their baby too, so sometimes it's really hard for them to be able to take that constructive feedback, even though I am me, so I will naturally do it in in a nice way, and very nice way, and like be super nurturing. I am so blessed that they they do listen and they do Mm. take on the feedback. Um, But, you know, often there are little blocks here and there because, you know, naturally behind the scenes they're working so hard and they're like, well, gosh, how do we progress further now? And And the feedback isn't always about the design. No, most likely not. (laughs) What is it most Um, likely about? I want to say skew depth, like um, variety um, in the collection, seasonality. um, Now, because we sell globally, naturally um we're on opposing seasons to the rest of the world so when they're buying spring we're doing fall or Mm. you know when like vice versa um the only season that we really cross over with is resort um which I'm (laughs) selling now thank goodness it's amazing um I love it but I think that um yeah being able to make transseasonal collections and kind of catering for the whole world instead of just like one specific customer um because no matter where you are now with social media you are a global business no matter what industry you're in you are a global business and it's really important to take the I call them like the horse goggles you know when the horses race the horse goggles um and you're like focused on this one thing it's important to take the horse goggles off and go Oh gosh, okay, that's my voice, but I'm speaking to a lot more people than mm. I can even imagine. Like there's stores that I see, like small stores, like um, you know, in in small rural towns, getting orders from the other side of the world. Yeah, and that's the nature it's of the beauty climate. of social media. It's the beauty of social media, exactly. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that would be that one, the eye roll moment. The eye roll. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about your. First business. You mentioned it a couple of times. Yeah,
1: my biggest learning curve in my life, for sure. Yeah, without a doubt. What were you doing? Tell me more. Okay, I want to say to start with so grateful that this happened. So, so grateful. You, in the craziest moments of your life, when you think everything is just going to explode and implode or whatever that looks like, like absolute diamonds come from that space. And without pressure, you can't create a diamond. Yeah. And, you know, and um, you, I, I really strongly believe that the universe puts you to where you're supposed to go and um, you learn so much and you grow as a human. But I, um, I was quite young when I had started my first business um, with a business partner. And I think that, like, from working together and then stepping into business, it's something that I didn't, um, I guess, really discern as much, like, prior to building that partnership. Because you're...
0: Working with someone that
1: ultimately you already have a bit of a trust
0: relationship with.
1: A hundred percent. Totally. I did that for a number of years and I, with that, I really felt like it wasn't ever really mine. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt like I was working for someone instead of with someone and that really dimmed my light. Oh, sorry. Was, <laughs> no, it was actually the best thing ever. Um, the, the best thing I'm actually so, so, so grateful, um, for everything that happened because it really turned me into who I am. And it, I learned so much about business within that time. Like what that was, that was my business crash course. Like wow. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. Who cares about uni? Like <laughs> who cares about uni? You know, <laughs> Just fail at business once. All of your failures create your greatness. Mm. So it's so important to have those moments, you know? Um, but that was like the, in this first business taught me to really do to really stay true to yourself and trust your internal guidance system and trust that when something isn't feeling right and your light is getting dimmed your light is meant to be shined and you really need to step out and do what's right for you and um Yes, yeah, so I think you learn a lot about being across things, making sure even if someone is handling something that you have full visibility um, and like stepping into that, I guess that boss mode where you're like, okay, I, I, I own this. This is mine too. Let's do it together and building that. Um, and structure, I definitely didn't have structure and I think that that is something that I learned so much going into my next um, venture is that structure is imperative. And um, yeah. What would you say to anyone starting a partnership? Um, really know who you're getting in a partnership with know their values know more about them than just what you know in terms of even if you're working with them in a current business there's still that barrier between your bosses and the structure of that company when you're kind of going out on your own um, or, or starting with a business partnership it is really important to have such a solid understanding of who they are as a human what makes them tick what their triggers are where they see things going and where you see things going and naturally having like a shared responsibility. Wanting the same thing, super important, often does not happen. I feel like, (laughs) I think like sometimes, I feel like even in relationships, I mean, this is like a common thing. You know, you might go into a relationship with someone and think that you want the same things and then like years down the track you realise that, oh, you don't really have that conversation Mm. or, you know, you you don't really know what that looks like when you get to that pressure point what people do under pressure or what they want for themselves. Um, And if you're a person that wants to give to others, learn what you want for yourself. Because I think that's the biggest thing is that when you are focused on other people so much, you lose sight of what is important to you. And then you start catering to others so much. Mm. And then you lose yourself in that. And then where are you without your you? You're talking about losing who you are. Yeah. So what does it mean to you to have your cake and eat it too then? I think that that's definitely that cliche meaning of balance. It's really hard to find. I mean, come on. It's so challenging when you're like driving for something. But it is the most important thing. When you don't have that time for you, you're nothing. Your cup can't give out anything more your cup isn't you know full for you to be able to give and give and give and grow so i think that it's super important to find those rituals and i know when i say this it's so hard it doesn't mean that it's easy to take that time for yourself but whatever that is like for me it's brushing the horses on the property (laughs) i'm like it's the way one thing find that space where your mind can shut down um take that time really nurture yourself and also feel your feelings and feel them really hard I think that that's really important in terms of like being able to understand who you are and what you need and what your requirements are but find your rituals have your balance keep driving keep thriving because you can do anything we're such powerful human beings and you really can do anything but unless you have your little cup all filled up so that you can keep growing and like that petrol tank I guess um <laughs> kind of going and your light you, you you do need that for to be able to have your cake and eat it too but having your cake and eating it too is being able to do what you want in the world and creating it from what you want so like I live in Byron Bay and I do this thing like all around the world all around the world and no one like I think like even when I started that everyone was like oh really like how are you gonna do that it was so kind of shunned and frowned upon or I mean, people didn't understand but now I really embrace it make it work for you instead of you working for it because you can do anything from anywhere kind of like what we're saying with the everywhere's global now you are a global human being even if you're like in a rural town in Goodingary. In Goodingary. <laughs> if you're out on your 100 acres like I don't know on a canoe whatever like <laughs> um you know I think that it's really important but um yeah m- make your time whatever that is but do anything you can do it all
0: amazing thank you so much bianca oh my gosh i so look forward to seeing <gasps> thank you the next phase for del rainbow
1: thank you and so good much. luck
0: at new york thank you and thank you so much for having me It was so fun thanks so much for chilling with us and just a little heads up the next tough titties event what grinds your goat will be happening on the 26th of july We've got a wicked panel of ladies chatting through the tiny frustrations that get under your skin. And there will be champagne, need I say more? Jump onto the website, toughtitties.co, and grab a ticket. See you there.